Hello, hello, and welcome to the Wing Women podcast, hosted by best mates and journalists, Frankie Graddon, that's me, and Charlie Gowans Eggington, that's her. Chaz, how are you? I'm good, thanks. How are you? <laughs> Is it too predictable to say hot, hot, hot? You're wearing a hoodie, though. Well, I, I know, it's seven o'clock in the morning. I'm not hot, hot, hot right now, but in general, I'm hot, hot, hot. You say it is seven o'clock in the morning. I've just had a cold shower and I am coming to you in a bikini top. I love your heatwave outfit. <laughs> it is the earth core in here. <laughs> I can't believe you've got a jumper on. It's unbelievable well, scene. We should, <laughs> should explain. I escaped to Devon, jammy bastard that I am. It's about five to seven degrees cooler down here and it's still roasting. So my thoughts and prayers are with you, Charlie, in the fiery pit quite literally that is london have you been paddle boarding yeah how was it yeah it was really nice can you stand up yeah no i can stand up but it's shaky so i prefer to kneel mm. yeah i'm more of a knees girl she says having done it once <laughs> <laughs> lots of activity on the yelm estuary which is where i am over the weekend there's a regatta and one of the races is between pubs. There's three pubs. You can access all by paddleboard. Love that. So everyone just sits or kneels on the paddleboard with a glass of rosé or a G&T and just goes between pubs. Life goals. Sounds glorious. It does. How has the heatwave been treating you? Hot and sweaty. We had to buy a paddling pool, went to B&M Bargains, which is always a highlight for me. I love a big shop. My parents have joined Costco Oh my God, yeah. For literally no reason. I love They Costco. just quite like walking around and looking at the things and they send me pictures of like swimming pools <laughs> with a parent for scale. <laughs> a litre of hummus? Yes, please. Why not? Retirement, suiting them so well. <laughs> well, we left it a bit last minute to get our paddling pools. So the paddling pool section in B&M was decimated, but we did manage to find one with a volleyball net niche. Fantastic. So there's just been a lot of that. Is that getting a lot of use, the old volleyball net? Well, the thing is, it is made for very little people, children. So it's hard to play as an adult. And Alf's a bit too... His hand-eye coordination is not right there. But what I will say, heatwave toddler, tricky. Mm. He's been dealing with it very well. Just kind of marching around the house naked, screaming, lolly, more lolly, lolly, which seems to be his vibe. You can't go to the beach because obviously this is like prime beach weather. Oh, but with the kids, you've got to keep them out of the sun. Boring, boring. So we've just been doing a lot of sitting indoors, actually, which is not ideal. How's his hair in this weather? Because he doesn't have a lot of volume. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he's generally just quite sweaty. Right. It's sort of getting to a Boris Johnson, dare I say. I think it's been Boris Johnson for months, but I refuse to cut it. Nor should you feel forced to, just because Boris has a similar hairdo. The similarities end there. I mean, here's hoping. But I was just thinking in the heat, yeah. it might be a bit stringy. Yeah, no, it's definitely. I feel like I need to get him like a little footballer's headband, you know, <gasps> just to push it back. A Beckham band. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Get one of those Ziggy Zaggy ones. Oh my God, love them. Do you remember those necklaces that are a bit like that as well? Yeah. So good. We just wore loads of plastic things, which is obviously not great for the environment. And here we are with the hottest summer on record. Kel surprise. 
Celts of praise. Perhaps we shouldn't have just made everything out of plastic. No, true. How have you been doing? Because your flat is hot at the best of times. Apart from in winter, when it might be useful for it to be hot and then it is very, very cold. Uh, I'm fine. I'm just not wearing real clothes. I took four cold showers yesterday. Nice. And I've got a heat rash in my armpit. Look, can you see it? Oh, I'm so sorry. That's such a me thing for you to have got. It's quite bad and it's really sore. Ouch, what have you been putting on it? (sighs) Nothing. Just letting it breathe. And maybe it'll go away. It's a bit cooler now. It rained a little last night. That was very exciting. Let the rain fall down. Very exciting. Were you doing a Drew Barrymore out in the rain? No. I don't have that much enthusiasm for anything. (laughs) No, I don't think I do. I don't think I've ever enjoyed anything as much as Drew Barrymore enjoyed just going out in the rain (laughs) and standing in it. I did stick my head out on the balcony, though. Lovely. But I didn't do a Drew Barrymore spin. Did you stick your tongue out? No. To absorb the water? No. It's not a snowflake. It's not going to work, is it? My accidental over-ordering of fizzy drinks... Basically, I added them all to my Ocado, thinking I would choose one later. Forgot to edit the Ocado. Seven o'clock the next morning came, and I suddenly had about 48 cans of fizzy drink. Has actually proved fortuitous, because great in a heat wave. Fantastic. I've also been getting on the old school lemonade ice lolly. Oh, nice. So, just full of sugar. But that's what being an adult is. Suddenly... No one can tell me that three fizzy drinks and a lemonade ice on it is, is wrong. What are you going to do about it? Nothing. Nothing. Nothing at all. Needs must. I tuned into my street WhatsApp this morning and saw their conversations from yesterday. Absolutely marvellous. People taking taxis to Westfield just to enjoy the air con. <laughs> I love that. Someone went to the local cinema to fall asleep during the railway children because it was cool in there and they could have a little nap. Cool and dark, quite a good idea. You just do laps of Tesco though, couldn't you? Or any of the supermarkets. Yeah. Very cooling. I have one desk fan. Seemed to just switch to blowing hot air at me. If anything, the air from the fan felt hotter than the surrounding air. I'm not sure about the science of that. Do write in and let me know. I was reading somewhere yesterday on the internet. Top tips for keeping cool in the heatwave. You need to put a bowl of iced water underneath your fan and then it blows the air cold. My mum told me about this, but it doesn't make sense to me. I get that maybe if it bounces off the surface, but if it bounces off the surface, isn't it then going up at an angle if it's bouncing? I don't know if this is how air works. Does air bounce? My double A in science is a very long time ago, but surely with the fan, it's just getting blown in a straight, line that's the point right it's a projected air yeah you can direct a fan so if it's going into the bowl then it's bouncing up where's that going the ceiling where do I position myself it sounds gymnastically stressful (laughs) another suggestion from somewhere put your bed sheets in the freezer is your freezer big enough to hold bed sheets mine's certainly not mine is not and I already have bits of knitwear in there that have been attacked by moths or th- I think are being attacked by moths so sometimes I just put them in the freezer for a while 
I don't know if that actually kills moths. I've never Googled it. I'm just assuming. But between the knitwear and the lemonade ice lollies, no, there's definitely not room for bed sheets. People must have those big chest freezers that you put dead bodies in. Oh my God, so 80s. Yeah, amazing. But who are these people? Well, actually, my sister-in-law has a chest freezer. Depends on where you live, I suppose. Yeah, see, she's outskirts of Manchester. There's space there. It's not for us Londoners. There was an article in the Times with tips for cooling down at home. Somebody said to do loads of washing and then just hang your wet washing and it takes some of the heat out of the air. Oh no, but then wouldn't that just be really humid? I think so, yes. But also it's a bit depressing. You're just suddenly in a washing fort. I try and hide mine outside, but no, just live in it. Exist within the washing peculiar i mean it does always make me laugh it is particularly hot at the moment but it does always make me laugh when the uk is subjected to a bit of heat we're just not equipped for it are we we're dreadful in the heat but it's not just us because everything stops suddenly trains can't work and loads of our hospitals aren't air conditioned my mum was telling me that she read a piece about a woman who gave birth on monday And her mum was holding a fan in her face and her her partner was fanning her from the other side. Can you imagine? 40 degree heat, no air con. I actually can't. I gave birth in... I know you had a mask on. I did have a mask on, but I gave birth in November. So, you know, temperate. And I had to have a hand fan at all times because the process is quite heat generating And hospitals are known for being stuffy. They never crack a window. So I can't even begin. That poor woman. What a sweat fest. What a sweat fest. I hope she was just naked. Yeah. Imagine having sex in this weather. No, I would love to know the statistics. No one's having sex in this weather. This must be the opposite of a blackout in terms of a baby boom. Yeah. Surely. The past two weeks, there's just going to be a dip in conception. Yeah. I imagine. Nine and a bit. Is it 10 months? I don't understand the maths of that. Why do we say nine if it's 10? 10 months from now. Nothing. No babies, not one. Nothing. Tumbleweed. (laughs) This weather has reminded me of the injustice that is men being able to walk around with no tops on. I don't know what the scenes are in London. Obviously down here it's quite beachy, so it's less incongruous if a man doesn't have a top on, but there are plenty of men with no tops on. And I continually think that's unfair. You can imagine the scenes, Francesca, and you would be right. I had to go out yesterday, regrettable. I had a one o'clock meeting only by the canal, but that's still a half hour walk Oof! in the middle of the day. I don't know what I was thinking. I had to stick to the shadows. Obviously I was crossing the road like an absolute drunkard. But the amount of topless men just everywhere, just everywhere. But also driving along with their windows down, topless. You look naked. I can't tell that you're not naked. Maybe you are naked. On the bus, I saw a bus go past. No. There was a man with no top on no. the bus. Surely somebody's supposed to intervene. Inexcusable. Awful. Inexcusable. Because also, ugh, it's the back swear would impregnate itself into that seat Mm -hmm. so then someone else has to sit there and be like oh moist awful no do what you want in your own car private space public transport hard no i do think they need to introduce a tops on rule 
especially in built-up areas, <laughs> there's just lots of people around. And I don't think it's okay. What about if it's an open-top bus? Oh, well, that's interesting. I suppose you could whip it off on the top deck. Yeah. But if you're on the bottom deck, it's a hard no. Okay, good. We'll put this into action somehow. Not quite sure how. I enjoy for men the confidence that they have in their bodies. And I'm not saying they shouldn't have the confidence in their bodies, but I just know as a woman how I have spent, since I was a very early teenager, thinking, oh, I probably can't wear shorts. I probably don't have the legs for that skirt. Oh, I don't look great in a strappy top. Men. Yeah. I mean, obviously not all men, but it's bizarre, isn't it? The difference. You look at a group of women in a heat wave and... Everyone's a bit awkward and all of my friends, we've had this conversation before about shorts and whether or not you can wear them in the city and how comfortable you feel and whether you feel self-conscious. Yeah. And then when I walk around in a heat wave, just men with their tops off everywhere. All shapes and sizes of men, Mm. all ages of men. Yeah. Obviously, there's lots of articles about how to dress for the office in a heat wave and how to waft into work and all of that brilliant, useful stuff. And I'm like, it, women are basically being like, okay, I'll find an ankle length, wafty cotton dress with long sleeves to keep everything covered, but still remain as cool as possible. I know it's different rules when you go into an office, etc. But do you know what I mean? In general, women are like, right, I just need like a airy tent to put on. Yeah. Whereas... <laughs> Men are like, I'm just going to put a pair of shorts on and that's it, really. Women are each year updating their selection of moo-moos <laughs> with funny. a new printed moo-moo and wondering, can I add a blazer on top of this to make it more versatile? And men are just going, I'll just take my top off. I don't know why a group of men with no shirts is more threatening than a group of men with shirts, but there's something weirdly combative When I was walking back home yesterday, there's a group of men standing around outside a cafe, kind of spreading across the street, and I had to walk through them. And there's maybe six or seven of them, none of them wearing shirts. And it felt much more intimidating than walking through shirted men. I don't know why. If anything, they're more vulnerable because I could go in for a little (laughs) nipple tweak. Yeah. I don't know what it was. It just felt very... Like it was in my personal space. But then isn't it like, you know, in Fight Club and stuff, when they do some bare knuckle fighting, don't they always take their tops off? So is it that you're a bit like, oh, are you about to have a scrap? (laughs) (laughs) Am I going to get caught caught up in the ruckus of it all? They didn't, unfortunately, look much like Brad Pitt. Oh my God, sidebar, I saw a picture of Brad Pitt the other day on Instagram. He's in a new film. He's so handsome. That's all my comment. He's just so <laughs> handsome. Tell you who also isn't bad. Aaron Taylor Johnson. Oh, I saw this. This was the Cuts Instagram or something. Yeah. <laughs> they were just posting. It was a little scrolly box. Yeah, lovely. And I know that's subjectifying men. And I'm not going to apologise for that. Because these are good looking men that are making a, a very lucrative career out of their good looks and acting prowess. But what I enjoyed about that Instagram post was that... They were quite interestingly dressed just because I think we had years where leading men or certainly straight leading men who were our sex symbols were always just wearing a black suit or they were wearing jeans and a T-shirt. 
and we didn't ever see them dress differently. And I love seeing Brad Pitt's going into a sort of pashmina face. <laughs> he is. It's very like, you know? Sun-washed hues. That's what I enjoyed after all the shirtless men. Him experimenting with fashion. It was a pinky tone. It was maybe a good linen. He had some nice sunglasses on. Yeah. Love it. Sort of going back to the topless thing. I do think it's quite poignant timing that... I think it was last week, Florence Pugh, the actor, went to the Valentino show in a sheer topped dress and had all sorts of horrible comments. I think the main issue was that blokes were quite upset that her boobs were small, which is nuts. But obviously people were outraged that she was showing her nipples. And you do just think, wow, fast forward a week and every man in the UK has got his nipples out. Really bizarre. I don't know why we still have this anger, shock, disgust at women showing boobs, nipples in a public arena. How weird. Especially because ours can do something as well. I mean, I've never breastfed, I may never, and lots of women may never, but at least ours have a purpose. Men's nipples don't do anything. That's just a pretense of usefulness. We're actually doing some business up here. If anything, that should legitimise our nipples because we have to get them out, some of us. Yeah. On many occasions. Yeah. No, no. Obviously not. So weird. And then that's why when you're dating, you end up in bed with someone who's got a weird nipple fixation. Why? There are so many men out there in the world who want to suckle. Oh, well, yeah. I told you about the friend of a friend who had a suckler in bed. Absolutely terrifying. Awful. Unless that's your thing, anyone, and then you do you. <laughs> For me personally, what the fuck? I think if both parties are into it, then fine. I think if one is reluctant, then it's a big, 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 big no. I'm generalising hugely and I'm talking about heterosexual men, but there's this obsession with tits and seeing them. And yet, when they do actually see them, there's kind of a shock and disgust. Well, I was talking to someone yesterday, actually, at my meeting, and we were both dressed for the heatwave, and I was wearing a bodysuit without a bra that was sort of holding my boobs semi in place, but I do just intermittently do a hoik after I've walked some distance. Because, you know... Yeah, yeah, yeah. They drop. They get dislodged. Wasn't wearing a bra. We were talking about fashion at the moment and how... Everything is backless. Mm. Every dress, every going out dress, every heatwave dress, even long sleeve dresses, they just cut the back out. Yeah, Everything is designed without a bra in mind, either forgetting that women have breasts because we don't see them, or assuming that everyone has either self-supporting small breasts or fake breasts. If you're just me lolloping around, I need some scaffolding. I imagine quite a lot of people need some scaffolding. But this weird expectation in fashion now is that anyone buying a dress in this heatwave doesn't need to wear a bra. Who are these women? What's the percentage of women who have boob jobs? Surely not the majority. Well, they're so expensive. That's a lot of disposable income or a lot of saving up you need to have done. But it's the same with, you know, little tiny spaghetti straps. And I know you can wear a strapless bra, but has anyone ever found a strapless bra that works? Not really. They don't work. They're not a thing. You either have one that 
works its way down your body as you move, or it's so tight that you basically have a welt underneath your boobs around your rib cage because that's be so tight to stay on. Ridiculous. I assume really the truth is that even though designers are now offering more accessible size ranges and going up to larger sizes, they're still designing based on a size eight woman. Yeah. And then they just scale up the size. So nobody's put any thought into where you're going to put your boobs because if you are a size 20 woman, you don't definitely have bigger boobs, but it's likely. Yeah. So I think really everything is just designed for people who don't have to think about it. Wouldn't that be glorious? Wouldn't it? Right, we have to talk about J-Lo and Ben Affleck. Or should I say Jennifer Affleck? Jennifer Lynn Affleck. Jennifer Lynn Affleck. Who knew her middle name was Lynn? I didn't. So they're married. A little trip to the Little White Chapel in Vegas. Fun. She wore an old dress from a film. He wore an old jacket. They got changed in the toilets. Yeah, she had two dresses, didn't she? She did. So... Yeah, not not so low-key. She had one from a film. I can't remember what the film was. Jersey Girl, I think. Oh, great. I don't think I've seen that one. It was one she did with Ben Affleck, which is punchy because nobody saw those films that she did with Ben Affleck. No. Wasn't that what ended them? Julie. I never saw that either. And then she did change into a designer one that was a bit more flamboyant. Lacey number. Lovely. So she's changed her name. I found that surprising. I think because obviously her name is her brand. She's known globally as Jennifer Lopez. She has been known for years as Jennifer Lopez. I found it peculiar then that she chose to change her name. What do you think? Well, I have never been engaged, let alone married. But especially as I get older, I think it would become harder and harder to change your name because I've been sitting in it for so long. Yes, I use it professionally, so that makes a big difference to me. I've worked for years to get those bylines that are kind of precious to me. So that's a part of it. But I do think when women used to get married at much younger ages, perhaps it felt easier because you had your father's name, you lived in your father's house, and then you moved into your husband's house, I suppose, and became your husband's property, and you just swapped over your name. But Jennifer Lopez is in her early 50s. She is this global megastar, much more famous than Ben Affleck, I think. Absolutely. So it's a gesture to him. It's maybe making him feel more important. It's a submissive gesture to change your name. I don't really understand why she needs to do it. I don't know. What do you think? You changed your name, obviously. I have changed my name. My marriage certificate is Francesca Hardy. This sounds stupid, but I didn't really think about it. I guess because it's tradition and that's just what everyone in my family had always done. I just was like, oh yeah, well, I guess I'll just do that. And then I changed it and I never got round to changing my passport or my driver's license or my bank account. All of that still says Francesca Gradin. As time's gone on, I've just thought, I actually don't want to change it. I think a lot of people sort of said, oh, when you have kids, you know, you will want to have the same last name. It makes life easier. I haven't found any reason for it to make life easier at the moment. I know Alf's not yet too. So maybe something will come up in the future. 
I think his birth certificate does say Francesca Hardy because I need to use my official name, but there was no sort of odd questioning over identities and all of that. So now I feel like, what's the point? (laughs) Ben's fine with it. I think he would be delighted if I took his last name, but he doesn't have a problem with it. And so he shouldn't. It's my name. I think that's how I feel now. I use it professionally. So I think that affects things hugely. And I always thought I will remain using mine professionally just because otherwise people wonder who the hell I am. But I think as I've settled into the marriage, I just think, why would I? Why should I? It's my identity. And I'm really not judging anybody who has changed their name. I think it is such a personal choice. But I think just what surprised me with JLo is because she's such a brand and her name is so big and recognisable, to me that just seems odd to change it. But maybe that's the professional side of her and maybe... By changing her name, that was a sort of way of compartmentalising and being like, right, and this is my personal side of life. I don't know. What I did find interesting is that it's still hugely common. So this is the most recent survey I could find. In 2016, almost 90% of married British women took their husband's last name, which is such a high percentage, isn't it? I think, as you say... So many women don't put that much thought into it because it is just the done thing. And my mum didn't take my dad, so it has always been in my head. But also, if you don't take your husband's name, if you're entering into a heterosexual marriage, then you're just keeping your father's name. Yeah, it's still a man's name. Really what I find kind of more bizarre is that women are the ones who have to change their identities to fit in with whoever is the patriarch of the household. And we don't live in... I mean, we do live in a patriarchal society, but we don't necessarily live in those kind of households anymore. We don't have a male breadwinner. Women can vote now. Uh, Women can own property now. Not everything needs to be in a man's name. And when children used to be the property of the man, and so was the house, and so was everything, I suppose you had to have the same surname. Yeah. But... So much has changed. It's interesting. But lots of people see it as a very romantic gesture to take someone's surname and that that's a declaration. But yeah, I've just always struggled with it a little bit because why is it so one-sided? Yeah, no, totally. I think it's always really cool when um, like Dorno Porter fused. She took the O. She took the O. I have some friends who took each other's as well, double-barreled together, which is going one better than my parents who just kept their own and then double-barreled us which is inconvenient for me. So here's the thing. If you have kids, will they be triple barreled? No, I could do that to someone. (laughs) Fuck knows. Maybe me and Ben could smirge our last names. Yeah. Grady. Gorgeous. Hard on. Fantastic. (laughs) Because he's already BJ Hardy. BJ Hardy. Can you believe no one picked that up at school and he never got ripped for it? If he was... BJ Hardon. I mean, that's a porn star name right there, isn't it? Spectacular name. King O'Porn. The one thing I do think is quite great as a woman with the ability to change your name is perhaps if you were afforded a slightly dodgy last name by your family and then you get to ditch it for something better. Oh, yeah. But that works two ways. Everything goes out the window if they've got a really good last name. (laughs) But that does work two ways, because what if you fell in love with, like, Mr. Pratt Mm. or Mr. Sidebottom? I'd be like, no, 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 (laughs) I'm fine. My feminist beliefs are far too strong 
I couldn't possibly take your last name, Mr. Cuntbag. I'm going to have to stay as I am. On this, how do you feel about Mrs.? Because obviously men just get to be Mr. Yeah. Throughout their lives. Yeah. We get to be Miss and then Ms. if you're a little old or perhaps you're divorced. And Mrs. Yeah. Gorgy. How do you feel about being a Mrs.? Do you have those flip-flops that print it on the sand? <laughs> it just makes you feel really old, babe. I remember, I must have been in France. It will have been in Paris for a fashion thing. And it was the first time a waiter had called me Madame instead of Mademoiselle. Heartbreak. Heartbreak. I mean, I hope he noticed there was a ring on my finger and it, he didn't just look at my face and think, oh, Clearly, she's a married old maid. Were you wearing a fur coat and a silk scarf <laughs> knotted under your chin? <laughs> With my Hermes on the tabletop. And carrying a tiny dog. <laughs> I found that incredibly sad because I could no longer pass as young, free, single. I think it makes you sound old. But then I never know what to call myself. Mrs. Francesca Gradin? That's weird. Mrs. Gradin is my mum. I use Ms. Oh, do you? Yeah. Nice. I've opted out. Yeah. I think. Yeah, ambiguous. Because I don't think now people really look at it and think, oh, that means you're divorced, which is fine if people did assume I was divorced. But I don't think anyone really has that association particularly anymore. No, not at all. I think it's kind of just a bit more ambiguous. Yeah. Side note, back to JLo for a second. My biggest observation, the Lynn. Do you think she's included Lynn in this announcement? Because she's going to go by Jayla. Oh, nice. Because it used to be J-Lo yeah. for Lopez. Yeah. But she can't just be Ja. I mean, she could. She could, but it doesn't sound as good. But Ja Rule is already Ja. True. Although he doesn't often drop the rule that I know of. But perhaps she wants to be Jayla. 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 That's quite nice. It is quite nice. I liked that little <laughs> upward inflection that you gave it. Jella? It's jaunty. Well, we'll just have to wait for her next banger because I'm sure she'll drop it in. Imagine how much re-monogramming she's going to have to do. Oh, what a nightmare. Think of the luggage. I bet she's got a whole Louis Vuitton luggage collection. Yeah. All J-Lo stamped. Oh, she'll have sheets. She'll have bath towels, dressing gowns. She'll definitely have slippers. She'll have a handful of handbags. Nightmare. I mean, that's reason enough. Not to change your name. Exhausting. I've got a lot of FG things, which, you know, I don't want to have to bin those. No. Maybe you should have added a middle name suddenly to your name announcement so that you could have kept the G. Maybe. Well, anyway, wish them all the best. I wonder what their honeymoon's going to be. Hopefully we'll see the pictures soon. Oh, can't wait to see the pictures. Gorgy. Hope they're only packing hand luggage because... Luggage is a nightmare. Luggage is a... Have you seen Heathrow? <laughs> Unbelievable. <laughs> or maybe they'll do a Kylie, Jenna, Travis Scott and um, take a, his or her private jet. I read this headline somewhere. She took a private jet for... It was a teen number of minutes. I think it was 17. It might have been 18. For that long a journey, she took her private jet. That is shocking. So I wonder why the world's on fire. Can't see a correlation. Yeah. Can you? Exactly. Nightmare. Have you got any recommendations this week? Not really. Have you got... <laughs> 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 to be honest, babe, I've spent most of the last three days sitting on the floor 
to try and avoid the hot air rising. So no, my brain doesn't work. Have you got any recommendations this week? Yeah, I do actually. It's a bit of a rogue one just because it's not something I'd normally watch, but it's on After Love Island. So I just kept watching the television and this came on, but it's Olivia Atwood, who is a former Love Island contestant. And she's doing a documentary series called Filthy Rich. And she basically looks at the soft porn industry, how it's evolving and how people are making just extraordinary amounts of money through it. So the first episode was on OnlyFans, which I find quite fascinating. I didn't really understand what it was before watching this episode. But the OnlyFans boom in people both on it and using it was just tremendous throughout lockdown, which I guess makes sense. A lot of people are lonely, bored. A lot of people needed to make some money. But she interviews these people who are performers on it or they're called content creators on it. And just the sums of money they're making, Chaz. It is honestly mind-blowing. Are we in the wrong business? Yeah. Well, up to about halfway through the episode, I was like, huh, I wonder if there's a niche for sort of tired, very real-looking mums because perhaps I could make a living out of this. But there are also a lot of pitfalls in that line of business, as you can well imagine. But I think what was interesting was... It was predominantly women who were the performers. And a lot of them had law degrees. They'd gone to university, done these kind of mega degrees, and then were skin and started producing this content and have bought flats, cars. It's kind of completely eye-opening and extraordinary how people are making this living. And it seems to be this kind of booming business. Just a different world that obviously I'm not, hugely aware of but it was fascinating fabulous absolutely fascinating i'm not surprised when you said lawyers because criminal barristers have been striking because when they first graduate they're paid less than minimum wage some crazy amount for their beginning of their careers i think the assumption in the media often is just that the cost of living crisis is only going to affect people who haven't gone to university or haven't studied a trade, don't have a skill that's easily marketable. But the student debt now, if you went to university and then law school, you're walking away with 50k debt minimum, probably. Mine was 32 and we studied fashion. So you're walking away with this enormous debt, then you're paid nothing for years. My first salary was 11 grand. I do think it's interesting to see how this is really affecting people Mm. in all different kind of trades. And no wonder people are seeking out different ways to live because you have to. Well, and as I said, a lot of the people she spoke to sort of got into it during lockdown when it was furlough, when there was so much job insecurity, when certain industries had just been completely decimated. So the job outlook is bleak. And, you know, you think, well, if someone's saying you can sit in your bedroom and make, there was one lady she was talking to, one month she made £250,000. And obviously that's someone at the sort of top of their game. Not everyone's going to be doing that. But everyone she spoke to was bringing in thousands and thousands a month. And you think, well, that must feel incredibly tempting when the alternative is looking quite bleak. It'll be interesting to see how the world of work evolves because my Instagram algorithm at the moment just keeps giving me 
tax havens for digital nomads. And I'm not looking for a tax haven for a digital nomad, but I think that is obviously something that apparently someone in my age scrolling habits should be looking for. And we were both saying we'd read Elle Hunt wrote a piece on The Guardian this week. A bigger paycheck? I'd rather watch the sunset. Is this the end of ambition? And it's what we were talking about with the great resignation and people taking stock and realising that perhaps working in the way that our parents worked and generations before us worked isn't going to do it for us, Mm. isn't going to get us financial security, isn't going to get us on the property ladder, but also isn't maybe going to make us happy. Yeah, exactly. I think it's, you know, taking stock of it all. And social media has presented an awful lot of different avenues of ways to make money. And obviously going into explicit content is one of them. But it is interesting to see how this will affect the job market and, you know, what generations coming up behind us, what their ambitions are, what becomes seen as a foolproof career. We grew up with, I guess, the professions being a foolproof career. You know, you make it to a lawyer, you make it to a doctor, you make it into being an architect and you're kind of set for life. You've got those skills that will always see you through and potentially that isn't the case anymore. So it'd be interesting to see whether a different skill set becomes invaluable and whether that becomes the safe route to go to ensure your future. Well, and these conversations about English literature and whether or not that should still be offered as a degree because it doesn't necessarily feed people into well-paid industries. But so few degrees do come with a job guarantee now. And I think the way the digital market is changing so fast it's quite easy to become a dinosaur in only a matter of years. So even if you study something thinking that it will be a safe career, I think things shift so much so quickly at the moment. One of the many issues with that, of course, being that it will end up only being people from a certain background, from a certain level of wealth who can afford to do English, can afford to do the arts, can afford to study something that doesn't necessarily come with a huge paycheck. Mm. I wonder what we'd study now. Um, I don't know if I'd go to university, would you? No. Do you know what? If I was like 16 now, I would go back to what 16-year-old Frankie wanted to do and I'd become a hairdresser, you know, because everyone always needs their haircut. They just do. I know lockdown was tricky for hairdressers and this is assuming we don't all go into lockdowns, but people always need their haircut. You're dead right. So there, I might do that. Okay. I could cut your hair. <sighs> You've cut my fringe before when I used to have a thick fringe. It was a disaster, let's be honest. You did a really bad job, babe. (laughs) And you were a Sestia girl, so you'd had some level of training. I know. I am sorry. Perhaps I don't have a natural flair for it. I think we've been drinking. Oh, 100%. So. We'll blame that. I should let you off the hook. It's been a long time. I don't think I even minded that much at the time. But (laughs) I'm just saying, I don't know if you should be splashing your name above a salon door quite yet. (laughs) Oh, lol. Right. Before I spontaneously combust, I need to go have my second cold shower of the day. So that is all we've got time for. Thank you for listening. If you have liked what you've heard, please, what's basically rate, review and subscribe. Exactly. And tell a pal. Tell a pal. I don't know. Do what you like, guys. Do what you like. Just have at it. Spread the word. This is actually our last episode. We're having a small summer break. Lovely. Yeah, so nice. So we'll be back sometime in September when hopefully it's cooled down and Charlie can wear clothes again. Although I have enjoyed this very much. 
In the meantime, if you want to drop us a line, please do. We are at the wingwoman, official at gmail.com. And you can also follow us on Instagram at Frankie Gradden, at Charlie Allen, and collectively at the wingwoman underscore. We'll see you in September. Have a lovely summer. Have a lovely summer. Bye. Bye.